What's up, y'all? Thank you so much for clicking on today's episode. I'm your host, Trina, and you are listening to Let's Just Enjoy This. Boy, do I have a good one for you today. This one was actually recorded back in April, but we won't get into the delay here. I was fortunate enough to chat with someone close to my heart, an inmate serving a long sentence. And as they all are, he's much more than just an inmate. He's a human being, a learner, a grower, a brother. But most importantly, he's my brother, Tremaine. So my brother is in prison in Nebraska right now, and we were able to have a great candid conversation on what prison life is for him right now, what he's learned, what his goals are, regrets. Stick around. This is going to be a good one. And let me preface by saying that this one was recorded from his tablet inside prison, so the audio is a little a little everywhere sometimes, but just ignore that and uh, listen to the words. Thanks, guys. I got my coffee. You, are you, you got your coffee? I do. I got my black Folgers. <laughs> I have um, Folgers with um, some cinnamon, some sweet cream creamer that Kevin introduced me to, and it's freaking amazing. And then a little bit of like fat-free whip, you know, like the. Y'all luxury over there. I chat lukewarm forgers. Can you imagine when you get out? I'll make you the best. When you come visit, I'll make you the best coffee of your life. Oh my gosh, I cannot wait to have quality coffee. Especially yeah. like Starbucks or like the fancy coffees, like iced coffees or frappuccinos or mochas, all that good stuff that, you know, we don't get. Right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, welcome to the podcast, Trey. Yes. Um, little introduction. This podcast name is Let's Just Enjoy This. I'm your host, Trina, and we are talking to the infamous Tremaine Burks from good old Lincoln, Nebraska. Kicking this off. First podcast. I'm excited to finally get this going. I think I started this like end of 2020 but didn't actually, like, record anything until now, so it's exciting. We own it. We own it. All right, let's just enjoy this. Yes. Okay, Trey, for everyone, for everyone, I'm going to ask you a big question. It's a really small question, but who are you? Who's Trey? Who's Tremaine Brooks? Um, it was funny because like I was thinking about this question when I was like thinking about our interview and I was like, I'm going to ask him like who he is right now. And then I was like, damn, that's a deep question. Like, who am I right now? You know, and I actually posted it on my. Right. Like if you were going to like say you were going to go meet somebody new right now and they were like, who are you? Like, what are you about? Who are you? What would you say? 
mine goes along, I guess, with like, um, I would say purpose. So for my purpose, I've been, I guess I would, I'm someone that has empathy for other people. So I want to see other people like overcome, um, whatever challenges that they have or that they're going through because I feel like I have put myself in bad situations or just created struggles or obstacles that I really didn't even need, but for whatever reason, I hit them. So who I am is somebody that's going to understand the next person and help them move through and give them a little bit of insight or have some sort of, did I say empathy already? I think so. Saying now, empathy. <laughs> um, but I don't know. That's a deep question. I know. I'm going to loop the question, and I'm going to ask you, Trina. Who are you? Who are you? Yep. Um, I am a. I am. Um, what? Who am I? Um, I wasn't ready for this. Even though I knew, yeah. like a week ago, I was going to ask this question. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man, that's, it's a hard question. Um, I'm like a passionate, continually learning human being. And I'm like, I think I, I'm like a deep person. Like I go deep and I don't think I used to go deep, but now I'm like, if I talk to someone, I'm like, damn, I have like 37 questions for them, but like, they don't even know me. So I can't be like, okay, I have some follow-up questions for you. Can I like how much time do you have? You know, <laughs> but I think that's, I think that's who I am right now. I'm just like, I'm just always learning. I'm just trying to educate myself as much as I can and as many different topics as I can. And I'm the, I wouldn't say I'm cheap. I would say like, if there's something that I feel like I can do myself, I don't want to pay for it. You know, like if someone's like, yo, I can make your lawn beautiful, it's like, okay, well, let me just challenge myself and make my lawn beautiful by myself. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And I feel like you're the same way. Like, you're like, I could just do that myself. And if we, even if, like, you don't know, you're like, I'm going to figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Do you feel that you ever put too much on your plate? And then you yeah. basically way too many pads that you try to go at one time at any given time absolutely yeah especially now because like there's a lot more distractions I feel like in Nebraska than there are here because I don't know as many people and I have like more free time you know and I work from home and stuff but like I want to do like 30 different things and so it's funny when I see someone like post something or say something and they're like man I'm bored and I'm like I don't know the last time I've been bored because I just always have something that I want to do. Always. See, and that's how I am right now. And that's something that I've had because, you know, being locked up, you have so much time on your hands. And I've used it to my advantage. Um, but a lot of guys walk around and they're just like, what are you doing, Trey? And I'm just, you know. Studying something, reading another book, passing a book around, whatever it is. And when people say that they're bored, I'm just like, how can you be bored? There's so much to do, you know, and we're locked up. There's literally nothing to do. But 
And then I get overwhelmed sometimes when I have so much. Because when you're locked up, you kind of start dreaming because you don't have them distractions. I don't have Twitter and Instagram and Google. You know, I don't have that stuff. So I have an Oxford Dictionary, and that's what my Google is. But um, so we could be whoever we want to be. You know, I got we got to plan our comeback. So I'm just studying. Do I want to be? Do I want to get into real estate? Do I want to be a tattoo artist? So I all often like get stuck and almost spin my wheels. So that's why I was asking that question. Do you ever feel that you have too much on your plate? Yeah. Um, what about goals? Do you feel like you set goals? Yeah, and I think um, it's it's funny thing about that is like I think I have goals like in my head, but I never if I don't write them down like physically write them down and then like make, you know, like small term achievements, then it's like, it just kind of fades. And I've kind of forget that I actually had that goal until like, you know, later on and you're like, Oh crap, I forgot I was going to do that. I got to get back on it. You're you're good with writing stuff down right now though. You said. Yeah. I mean, I've already wrote like three things down since this conversation. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's just, that's just what I do. I write things down and at night I go over them all and put them in my notebooks. But that's something that uh, I think that a lot of us do. I think that we forget to find a purpose and a reason to wake up and something to do, you know. I think a lot of people go to work and work a 9 to 5 or 8 to 5 Monday through Friday and they do that to support their life, you know, afford their life. Um, And it's almost, I don't know. So it goes along with goals and having a purpose. I want my life and my, I guess, career to be intertwined with one another. And I want that purpose and I want some goals. So, like, when you go and you have these classes and they're talking about smart goals, you know, making specific and relevant. But people feel like they know how to set goals but they don't actually write them down and actually sit there and imagine themselves accomplishing their goals what does it feel like well how are you going to feel when you actually reach that are you going to school do you want a degree do you actually see yourself shaking the guy's hand and getting your degree and uh having your family there whatever it is do you actually feel yourself accomplishing them goals you know what i mean and i think that's something that's helped me when I set my goals and write them down, I try to like really feel what it's going to feel like when I get it. And that's my motivation to accomplish them. Okay. Hold on. I want to, I want to kind of start somewhere else really quick so that we can fill in everyone, like what, what's happening right now. So can you explain currently where you are and kind of explain how you feel like, being where you are has changed your life for the better? Um, shit. Okay. And you go in as much detail as, as you want. Like, it doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, basically, I'm serving a 19 to 27 year prison sentence. So, I have to serve. 11 if I'm a good boy if I don't get in trouble right 
Um, so 2028 is when I'm eligible for parole. So if I do good and parole sees that I'm doing good, don't let me out 2028 unless we get some sort of miracle. And then after that, I'll be on parole for five years. So parole would be basically a probation, make sure I have a job, make sure, you know, we can use drugs or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. So that's my situation. Um, now, as far as prison goes, what I've noticed here is uh, basically I found life, and I was actually re uh, uh, reunited with myself. I feel like, and that's why I'm so serious with these goals and these purposes, is because I don't want to get off track, but I didn't have a purpose prior to coming to prison, you know? I didn't know who I was. I didn't know where I was going or what I was supposed to do. Um, I knew what I liked to do. Um, unfortunately, that was getting trouble. But now that I'm here, I found out what really matters, and that's family. You know, you get all the distractions taken away from you. Mm -hmm. So many people that still haven't found out who they are. And mm -hmm. every day I meet people, and they're lost. A lot of them are older than me, and they're just have no idea where they're going they have no idea what to do and it's sad and that's what i was able to pick up on is that and that lost soul or whatever in them i didn't want i know that i knew that i needed to overcome that part of not only prison but life and then there's people that don't ever get out and that's what really touched me the most was the people that are serving life sentences then people first off I got myself here, but I also know that, do I deserve my time? Probably, you know what I mean? You know, mm -hmm. but I've learned, I'm not that same person. So these people that have been down for 15 years and still have another 45 to do, that's a lot of time. That's a lot of weight on their shoulders. Mm -hmm. They're never getting out, so what hopes they have? And I've seen that and I knew that I had to take that upon myself to better myself and use that chance to have a life and do whatever I want to do with myself that these other individuals don't have because what sucks is these people get out and they're not focused and they come right back and it's dang dude you've been back three times I've been here for four years and I've seen you come to prison three times you know? and then the people that aren't ever going to go out go home they're the ones that will probably get out and never come back because they've learned you know yeah. Um, but I don't know if I asked, answered your question or. <laughs> yeah, no, that was good. That was good. But now, like, I'm sure we've sparked curiosity. So now, if you were to say, like, what, give us like a, a day, a day, a day in the life of, of Trey. You wake up at this time. What do you, what do you do throughout the day? I'll doodle, 
I get a, and I got it. I know that by 7.15, when they pop the doors and they let all these people out and they freaking running around all hyped up, I got to be up for that. That's the last thing you want to wake up to is a bunch of hyper people. Yeah. Um, so I got to wake up before that crowd. So I wake up and I go to work about 7.45 and I'm at work all day. Um, and I'm a clerk, so it's kind of like a manager position for the sign shop. And uh, basically, I make sales orders, I create the work orders, um, create the transfers, and then I come back about 5 o'clock, and we lock down at 6, so I have to hurry up and get in the shower, get my dinner, and um, then, so we lock down at 6, I go to sleep about 9, so I just stay up drawing until 9 and then do it again. Um, what I try to squeeze in there is the education. That's the biggest thing. What can I learn today? Kind of yeah, my new addiction is learning. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so what happened? What do you do on your days off? Right, what's different? On my days off? Yeah. Uh, well, if the weather is above fifty-five degrees, I might attempt to go outside. Anything or that, I'm staying in. Um, but uh, we'll leave it to Nebraska weather to determine that. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, I just try to catch up, and I try to stay productive. Productive has been a huge thing for me, so I'm always going. I'm a machine. I literally just go. So I might try to go out, work out, get some exercise in, enjoy some weather, um, talk to a couple people that are like-minded and are trying to improve themselves. Because when you have a busy schedule and you work, you don't get to see people from different units. The only time mm -hmm. I can see them is when I have days off, so Saturday and Sundays. Um, I try to go outside and catch up with people and see what other, like the people that I talk to, what are they learning? What are they reading? And we switch books a lot, you know? I'll get yes. a book in, yeah, on business, and they'll get a book on on business, and we'll swap them, you know? So that's what I do on the weekends is just share my information that I've discovered, I guess, through the week with the people that have done the same thing. Nice. And you have, like, a... You have a, a little crew every now and then that you guys do, like, group workouts and stuff, too, don't you? Yes. Uh, yeah, we do some crazy stuff every once in a while, uh, prison workouts. Um, yeah, so every once in a while, we'll try to get a group of guys. Sometimes it's up to 10 people, and we just go nuts. We go out <laughs> We just go uh, nuts. So we do, man. Uh, we do some pretty intense things. Uh, we think, I don't know, there's some people out there that do CrossFit, we watch on TV, and we're like, I don't know, man, that seems a little intense. Yeah, you've, you've definitely done some CrossFit workouts, though, because I remember you sending me some, and I, I definitely died trying to do those. Yeah, better have your cardio up if you want to come on a squat tray. Oh, jeez. Yeah, we'll have to, uh, we should actually do that. We should actually do some type of a... If not CrossFit, like maybe like a boot camp type competition or something down in Texas. Yeah. When you come down here. That would be fun. So you're just going to have to stay in shape, yeah. you know? Likewise. <laughs> right. I know, man. I know. It's a struggle. Yeah. It's a struggle. Um, I was going to ask. Yeah. Uh, this is changing again, but I'm just like, I'm kind of excited about it, but, um, give us in like an example of, um, 
you kind of touched on a little bit, but you're talking about like someone that's like doing life versus like someone that is doing like a short sentence or something and like how kind of how they live. Like, are they the ones that are doing life? Are they like, are they still enjoying, you know, like allowing themselves to enjoy their time or are they just like F the world? I hate this place. So when you, cause I remember it was like a scary moment, but like when you first got into the, like you started at, um, what do we call it? County before you went to state. Right. And like when you very first like walked in for the very first time at County, what was that like? Uh, at County? Yeah. Like when you, what was it? Um, D and E that one. Like when you got there and you were like, oh crap. Okay, so county, you get, okay, it's county, county jail, and then you go to state and you go to D&E, which is... There you go, yeah, D&E is state, you're right. Right, evaluation, yeah. so you get an eval, but, I mean, they, they don't eval anything, they just throw you in a cage, basically, but that was kind of a wake-up, because in county, I knew people, everybody, yeah. everybody knew who I was, they knew my family, they knew my sisters and my dad and whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. To state, okay, now you're not in there with just the people in your city, you're in there with people in your state. Yeah. So, and then I had a lot of time, so when I went down, when you go, when you get filed into the system, you kind of get positions of the amount of time that you've got. So anything over 20 years on your, your back end of your sentence, like I said, I have 19 to 27. So anything after 20, you're getting thrown in with some serious uh, players. Yeah. And um, so when I first went there, when I got thrown in this unit, I mean, I was, there was people with tattoos on their face. You know, people working <laughs> yeah. out 24 seven, just huge. Um, Killers, lifers, that's where I met my first lifers. Like, those are the people that are really never going home. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so the worst part about it is that when you go to that place, 
you think you need to earn some stripes, I got to be known for a person that's not going to take no shit, right? So you go in there, you go in there with that battle mentality, and it's almost like you can lose yourself there, and you have to like stand up yeah. for things that don't matter. Yeah. You know, and uh, so that was uh, really that was testing myself. That was the biggest test I think that I've been since I've been down was D and E. You didn't know where you were going. I didn't know what facility I was going to. Was I gonna be max? Maximum security, minimum security. I didn't know the system at all, so that one was probably the struggle. Yeah, and the anxiety and everything with that it was just like, I can't let people think I'm weak. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what it is too. And then at the same time, it's like you're playing games on yourself. Like you don't mm-hmm. know what's supposed to matter, especially when you get. When someone tells you you got to serve 19 to 27 years in prison, when just months prior to that you were living a regular life, yeah. you, you kind of, you can't see the end of that. I know mean, it's a black hole. I can't see the other yeah. end. I can't see the other light in the tunnel. There's no way. It was dark, you know? And that's where yeah. you have to, that's where it's going to make or break you right there. You got to find out who you really are in the moment. Yeah. So then when you, when you got, like you were in court and they're like, all right, this is how much time you got. Like what, what happened? Cause you were, you were living and you just didn't expect that. Right. Like you thought maybe like five years or something. And then they'd like lay that on you and you're like, oh, like what happened in your head? What's the last part you said? Like, what happened when you were at court and then they finally gave you the, the time that you got and you were like, oh, wow, this is like, you know, like, this is my life now. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that was an intense situation. That was, a, ooh, that was terrifying. So, yeah. Well, I had family there, and uh, I couldn't tell, you know, I still don't know if that helped or if it didn't help. Right. The fact that I had family, as far as my experience, you know, the support, of course, it helped. But my experience, I don't know what was going on. This, the yeah. judge, she was, like, getting into me for so long. I was like, okay, she's just going to make me feel really bad, and then she's going to give me a break on the time. <laughs> Not the case. <laughs> yeah. So I remember giving me three different numbers and I think it was like five to eight, five to eight and then nine to or yeah. something like that. Yeah, and it was confusing. I was like, what does that mean? Right. Yeah. It was confusing. So I remember my lawyer, he's over here drawing on his paperwork. He's just like doodling. Like, and this chick is hammering me and you're not saying anything. Yeah. Uh, so I remember the judge, like I blacked out. I couldn't tell you what she said. But right. I remember the structure was long, and I knew, I heard her say something of 11 years that you have to serve. I didn't know if that was like good time, like if I got to do half that or what. Mm-hmm. But I knew that there was family members that were there to support me that were going to be broke too, you know. So mm-hmm. The only thing I could do was look at mom and just smile and let her know that I'm going to figure it out, you know, and I walked yeah. out. Um, and nothing hit me. Nothing hit me right there. I was still numb. And then yeah. I went back downstairs. You put on this like back, and you're shackled up, and you have to walk like a mile and a half. It seemed like, and these shackles, right? 
So you can't even get a full stride, and they hurt your ankles, and the officers just expect you to like walk faster than usual. It's yeah. Anyway, so I get back down there, they take the shackles off and stuff. And I remember like kind of being stuck, and everybody was there with hey, man, so How much time did you get? And I was like, dude, honestly, I don't know. Yeah. And I had to ask the officer. <laughs> I said, hey man, uh. How much time did they say? He's like, you don't know. I said, I think I know. I just want you to double check. Yeah. You know? Right. And then he came back and told me, yeah, you got 19 to 27 years, man. I was like, yeah, 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 okay. So life sends. In other words, it's, right. Yeah. So that was sentencing date. Yeah. So, like, do you think that you went into? like a, dis, a depressive state or do you think it was kind of like just you kind of just immediately went into survival and it was just like damn hmm. that's a good question uh, I think a little bit of both you know yeah. Yeah. I was super depressed you know life's over with people acting like they understood what I was going through you know I had my family and friends that were telling me that they get it and but nobody can get it unless you right. yeah. and so that was where it was depressed because I knew that I was becoming detached I knew that I had to detach from that life that I once knew um and then survival mode after that like instantly when you realize that people can smell that on you literally um so you have to be tough and then it's weird I don't know, like, what it means, but I feel like at night was, like, the depression time, you know? During yeah. the day, okay, wake up, doors pop, time to be tough. And yeah. then at night, lockdown, you can curl up in your little fetal position and then you can do what you gotta do. Yeah. So, and that's just what it is. When you get them time, you can act as tough as you want, but you're breaking. Yeah. Um, and you kind of have, like, a, a blessing, a blessing in disguise because you were at D&E, the, um, evaluation center for what like nine months and the average person is there like three so then you you got to kind of you kind of got to get to know people you kind of got to get to know people while you were there so then when you finally were taken to your main place you kind of like felt a little bit more comfortable would you say
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you get to prison and it's just totally different. But yeah, it was a blessing to be around them individuals and gain that respect on them levels. And when yeah. I came to prison and seen them same individuals, then it was, uh, you know, I have the respect. So, yeah. Yeah. And then you also said something about like they didn't know what you were because you're you're kind of a mixed skin color. So they were like, what race is he? Yeah. Yeah. I remember the first person that I actually actually talked to me when I first got there. You know, I was stuck. I don't know. I couldn't talk. I had nothing. I was literally uh, I had so much going on in my head. But I remember the first guy, he's a Mexican individual or Hispanic, and he came up to me and yeah, he had an accent. He's like, hey, bro, uh, you Um, 
week, every, they give everybody a tablet, a GTL tablet, which is the phones, and that's where they give us our memos, all of our information. Okay, we're going to have construction on the yard, so you guys won't have to wreck Monday. Okay, okay. and they, they'll send us that to that tablet, but that's also where we can call our families and friends. And then you could you could buy a different tablet, which is a hundred bucks ish, and that's where that's on JPay. So that one is emails. I can email you. You can email me. Um, you can send pictures. You can send videos. That's where we get our music. They got a little bit of games on there. Um, it's pretty limited though to what you can get, but the music and the emails and the videos that's pretty much the best thing that we have. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's church services and stuff every Sunday. And the church is actually cool because the inmates are actually the ones that run it. So when you go there, it's actually an inmate giving the sermon. So that's, cool. I mean, that's kind of cool. It is cool. Yeah. Nice. So then now let's talk about, because you also get visits and stuff, but now you're dealing with COVID. So what? how has COVID impacted you guys? Because you guys had it pretty bad for a while, didn't you? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, well, yeah. Basically, once it got into prison, it was everybody had it, you know. It's funny. Uh, they locked, like, the older units down. Like, I think it was, like, ages, like, 55 or 50 and up. Locked mm-hmm. them down when the COVID got into the facility. And then uh, I was actually in a different unit, a more crowded unit, and Unit 3. And when COVID hit the yard, I mean, everybody had it. And it was like one of those things that like, you see unity amongst inmates because inmates were like, dude, don't say nothing. Just ride it out, man. We're going to lock us down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they ended up locking us down for like two weeks. So we had to stay in the cells for two weeks. But yeah, yeah. man, everybody had it. We couldn't taste nothing. So we got the natural vaccine. We had yeah. to go through it. So did you get it? Do you think? Absolutely. I didn't know that. I actually have a funny story. So <laughs> I didn't know I had it. I kind of knew I had it. I didn't smell yeah. anything, right? So I made food because we make. We cook, right? We cook for each other. And I was cooking. And I was making this dough for a tamale. That's <laughs> what they called it. It's just, I don't know. Anyway, but I was cooking this. And I couldn't taste the dough. And I was like, man, I need more seasoning. <laughs> and then I can't taste it. So I'm like, dang, I need some more seasoning. And I keep putting the seasoning in there until I taste it. And I'm like, ah, gosh, I found it. I, I can taste it. It's good. It's good. I'm like, man, I don't know putting this much seasoning in last time, you know? Mm-hmm. about it. Well, I made it. And then, like, half of us were like, dude, this is really good. And then someone was like, dude, you messed this one up, man. Why is it so strong? <laughs> but that was <laughs> me having COVID. I couldn't taste anything. It oh, was no. actually a symptom. Yeah, so I didn't know. And then to the people that did enjoy it, yeah, they all had COVID. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So. I never, I did not know you had it. That's crazy. So you couldn't, you couldn't smell or taste, huh? For how, how long did that last? Like at least two weeks. That's a long time. Yep. 
I mean, the smell could potentially be nice, but... I couldn't smell anything. I was opening Kool-Aid, jalapeno jars. I couldn't smell it at none of it. Mmm. That'd be yeah. rough. Yeah. Yeah. It would just be weird. Yeah. Hmm. Huh. Okay. Yeah. So, when you guys were locked down, like, you guys just... Like, did they feed you in there? Atmosphere just bananas at that time. Like, was everyone going crazy? What was COVID? Yeah, like when you were just locked down for three days in a row, and then you get a fifteen-minute break. Uh, you'd be surprised how often we have to go through that. You know, if there's a big fight or something, or something ever goes down, we lock down, and you're locked down. So that's something you get used to pretty quick. So. So I, for, I love it. I'm not gonna lie. I like when locked down. I don't gotta hear nobody. I can just focus on my artwork and studies. That's we crazy. Done lockdown. Yeah. So I mean, I use it to my advantage. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Everyone's banging on doors. They're entitled to everything. You know. So you you've been there. How long did you say you've been there? Four years. Uh, what? Seventeen. 2017? Okay. So you go in 2017, I think it was like September, maybe? September 4th. October 4th. October. October. Okay, so you're there four years now. How long would you say it took before you were like, okay, this is what I'm going to do? And like, you just like had this, I wouldn't call it motivation because, you know, that comes and goes. Like, you're just like determined. Like, how long do you think it took you to get that mindset of, I'm about to change my life. I'm about to use this time and learn everything I can. So when I get out, I'm about to be the best. Not even not not even like when I get out, like now. I'm the best version of myself right now. And I'm choosing to live my life fully every day. Like, how long do you think it took you to get right. there? Oh, that's, uh, I don't know, about four years. I guess the yard where people left me alone and I could be independent. 
and I could make my own decisions and I wasn't some sort of groupie. Yeah. I was able to actually reflect. And um, so I would say probably, honestly, two years at least. Two yeah. and a half years. And then I got over being kind of depressed, I guess. But then about two and a half years, I think, is when I actually decided to fix my problems. Yeah. And go find my problems, really. Yeah. So if you would have gotten what you would have thought was what you were going to get, like, say, four or five years, do you think you would be where you are now? Or do you think you'd be, like, a little bit more lax? Like, ah, I'm fine. I only got, only got four or five years. Like, I'm good. Like, do you think getting as much time as you've got helped you? Ooh. See, that's just something I've, uh, I've been asked a lot, actually. If I would have got four years... I would have been more relaxed. Four years is a lot more, uh, I guess, manageable than the 19 to 27, right? But I was a knucklehead, so I see a lot of knuckleheads come in here with that four years and then come come back for 20 years. So am I satisfied with my time structure? I mean, I don't really know. I think I needed that slap. I think I needed to be knocked down that hard um, to grow up. And I don't even know if I want to say grow up, but find out who I am and what's important. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, I don't really know. If if I went home today, yeah, I have no doubt in my mind that I would be successful and be able to live a successful life. I agree. Now, the time that I have, so let's say I think I have like seven left on paper, and when I say on paper, I plan to get out before that with all the new laws and stuff, but on paper, if you look me up in their computer system, it says 2028, so what, about seven and a half years left? Um, Since I've woke up and actually want to better myself, and I have these big dreams that I want to go, I want to be a business owner, I want, I need this knowledge, I went from, dang, man, I still got seven and a half years left, oh my gosh, to, you know what, I only have seven and a half years, I need to yeah. figure this out now, I need to wake up today, yeah. and I need to get shit done today, I just want to work yeah. today, so I have a better tomorrow, you know, so, yeah. it's crazy that you say that, yeah, because it happened quick, you know, it, I just woke up one day, and I was like, dude, I only have this time one, you know, yeah, it's right. I mean, you know, but when you're in prison, you have a lot of time to find out who you are and find yeah. out who you are. Yeah, or just waste it. Yeah, and you're you're absolutely right because a lot of us, you know, out in the real world, if you will, they want to change their careers or they want to work for themselves or something, but they've already they already have so much debt, so they can't just. You know, they can't just go to school full time and not still pay bills like they still have to pay bills. So you're fortunate enough to be like, OK, this is basically like my private school. It's paid for and I'm using this time now so that when I get out, I don't need to go to school. Like I'm just I'm going to get out and I'm just going to start my career. I'm just going to do what I have to do to get it going versus baby steps, you know. Right. And that's a big thing, too, is that a lot of people want to do big, great things, but they have a car payment that's $500. They have a phone payment that's $200 because, you know, they 
do that, and I don't want to say they do it to themselves, but that's what it is, and I did it to myself, yeah. so, um, yeah, when I get out, I got a clean start, I don't owe anybody anything, I can just start at the bottom and yeah. accept it, and then, but that bottom is nothing compared to this bottom, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, even when you first were there, you had you had a good amount of debt already accrued, and now that's just gone. Like you just get to you just get to start fresh. That's awesome. It's gonna be managed, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. where a big thing is that it's hard to, it's hard to get ahead when you gotta try to when you first gotta catch up. Yeah. You know. Yep. Yeah. And that's the thing that I feel like a lot of people have the problems with is, and that's what I've noticed, you know, I get a lot of time to just study people. And that's, I mean, it's not that I'm all up in their business, but if you put it out there, I'm picking it up. I'm going to yeah. try to learn from anybody and everybody I can. You know, if yeah. it's, I see this person holding this door open for this lady, you know, and I like that quality. I'm gonna grab that quality, you know? Yeah. If I see someone being kind of of a smart ass or having this, some sort of attitude towards another individual and I don't like it, I'm gonna reflect on that and I'm gonna wonder if I sometimes come off that way. And if I do, I'm gonna pay attention to that and that's a quality I don't want. It doesn't look good. Right, yeah. Um, what was I just gonna say? Oh yeah, we were talking about this the other day. Um, when we were talking about like relationships and how what were, man what were we saying just like how when you get like frustrated with something or somebody and it's like okay but why am I actually frustrated you know instead of like taking it out on them it's like you're evaluating yourself like okay what bothered me about what just happened instead of just reacting and like being a jerk to somebody for something they probably didn't even do or that you know didn't intend to do don't care about it becomes a problem you know when you have a significant other and you're living with them you care about them enough to try to look past certain things like it could be them smacking it could be them not taking out the trash when it's clearly full you know be whatever you want but when you get in a cell with somebody and you're locked down especially if you got to do a covid lockdown for 14 days <laughs> Yeah. And this dude's freaking smacking, slurping his cereal. It's just like, dude, really? Yeah. I mean, like, I literally want to smack that cereal out of your hand. But <laughs> it comes down to, I mean, why? Why does it irritate you? Think about it. Right. And that's what I had to do. Like, instead of just, like, sitting there anticipating his next slurp, let me just actually just reflect and... Try to find out what's really going on. Why does it irritate me? Well, it irritates me because I'm listening to it. Earbuds, I got music, I got so many other things. Why am I paying attention to him twerking on a cereal, you know? Yeah, When it's temporary. He can't eat cereal 24-7. And if he can, he's got a gift. But (laughs) I don't want to. So give him his five minutes to slurp the cereal and move on, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's a perfect example because so, and I mean, that's like social media. Like that's so many things right now in the world that like, if something bothers you, just 
just like ignore it. Do change your mindset, change, change your outlook. Like just stop paying attention, change a channel, you know? Like, I don't know why, like social media now, Trey is, it's bad. Like somebody could post something cute, little, it could be three seconds long, but someone will find something in that to be mad about and try to cancel them, if you will. And then like all these people comment and it's just like, why are we so mad? Yeah. You don't like it. See, you know I it. read. Right. And I read a lot. And I, yeah. that, that kind of vibration, for whatever reason, that's what we vibrate with. Uh, people seem to vibrate well with something negative. Unfortunately, yeah. I think, I mean, I think it's deeper. I think that people can see themselves struggle. So they struggle. People don't see themselves succeeding. If you can just see yourself succeeding and feel like you're succeeding and actually go get it, you'll go get it. But if you're sitting here worried about what's wrong with something, you're gonna go find what's wrong with something. So if you're scanning social media to find something to get pissed about or something to be disgusted about, guess what, you're gonna find it. But if you go on social media and look for a new business idea, a new, way to help somebody guess what you're gonna find it so that's like you said the mindset i feel like i was irritated for my first like couple years in prison three years really Mm -hmm. and i i didn't realize what was going on but i had a dick and i was scanning for negative stuff i was waiting for it all day yeah. I came up, I woke up, and I was scanning for something to be annoyed about. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's stupid. Now I scan for something to be blessed about. Scan for yeah. something to be excited about. That's what I scan for. I pay attention to my blessings. You know, it could be someone coming up to me saying, Hey, man, Trey, do you want this milk? Like, absolutely. You know, that's the stuff I'm looking for. You know, right. It's not that I'm looking. I'm even looking to help somebody, you know. Um, so that's what I look for now. I don't look for, I look for ways to grow. I don't look for uh, yeah. something to be irritated about. In fact, I don't even entertain it. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. It's, I mean, you're exactly right. I, someone said it like, um, like say you want a new car or something and you're like, oh, I want to get, um, a black Honda or something. And then like you go drive around all of a sudden you start seeing black Hondas everywhere. And you're like, man, there's a lot of black Hondas out here. It's like you got it in your head and then you see it. So people have this negativity in their head and their mindset and then it just like boils in them, you know, and just, I don't know. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. It is. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like a blessing, but also not a blessing about me that when someone complains to me about something, I'm immediately thinking about like the other side of that you know like if they're complaining about like a person or something I'm thinking about well why would that person do that you know like what's their story maybe maybe their mom just died or you know what I mean like maybe they have they got triggered by something and that's why they're this way or or something you know and it's not like I'm taking the other person's side but it's just like I'm always thinking about the other side and sometimes people are like Trina I just want to complain to you. I don't want you to tell me about the other side and make like discount what I'm saying. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm, I just can't. 
it's so hard for me to just be like, yeah, you're absolutely right. You should be mad about that. Because I'm like, man, should you be mad about that, though? Like, let's think about the other person. Like, why do you think they did that? <laughs> and I, that, yeah, I, I agree with you because I have that same problem, that blessing problem. And I, you know where we get it from his mom. I was mm-hmm. on this one. Because I remember yep. growing up, I'd go to mom and say, hey, mom, da, 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 these people are doing this. I work. I hate work. And she's like, well, they're paying you to work, so you should work. Whose side are you on? You know, something right. like that. But, right. And that's what it is. Sometimes people just want to be heard and they want to vent. And sometimes I'm not always the right person to come vent because I'm a problem solver. Yeah. You come to me with a problem. That's what I it is. To to... Absolutely. Yeah. We're, I feel like we're all that way. Like me, you, Tasha, mom, dad. Even if I'm telling dad something, he's over here not paying attention to anything else I'm saying because he's stuck back two minutes ago like, you know what you should do is, and I'm like, dad, did you hear what I tried to do already? Or are you just like stuck on <laughs> stuck on the problem? Like we're all, we all have that built built within us. And I think that's, it's almost like we, I don't want to say like we're like angry at people or something, but it's, I don't know what it is, but it's like when someone has like a complaint or something, it's like, okay, but are you going to try to resolve that? Or are you just like, you're just going to keep it broken? Like, why would you just leave it there just to complain about it? Like, yeah, that's broken. Like, well, let's Bro, fix it. Saying, man, fight back. Yeah. Now, if you, if you want to call it life, call it life, but fight back. I mean, do something. You got to stand up for whatever is going on yeah and i i mean there's there's things yeah there's there's things in life that i would say i can't do and like i one of my friends uh jackson shout out jackson he always would say like don't say can't you know like you just can't right now like work on it or something like you know like i would always say like i'm not flexible like my mobility is weak and instead of just living my life knowing i'm just not never going to be flexible it's like why don't i just work on it if I just stretched every day, I would have better mobility, you know? But instead, I'm just like, I, I can't do that. I, I don't do that. I don't touch my toes, you know? It's like, well, you can. You're just choosing not to make time for that thing. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I think about stuff like that so much. Mm-hmm. I and that's why I meditate, you know, whether it's I'm going to sleep and as I'm falling asleep, that those are the things I'm thinking of when I wake up. Those are the things I'm thinking of before I actually get up. But yeah. it's, yeah, that's the thing. Working out, like, I know that I can work out and get the gains that I want. But yeah. I'm just going to put it off until I really want it, I guess. That's really what it is. Yeah. You can say you want to do something, but you don't. You're lying to yourself. You want yeah. to go get education and you're not pushing forward, then do you really want it? Or are you just right. looking at the obstacles and realizing, ah, I don't want it enough to have to climb all these hurdles. Like, you know, it's not that important to me after all. Right. Yeah. And that goes back to, to the boredom thing. It's like, I'm never bored because I just, there's always something that I could be doing. Even if like, I uh, will try to like watch a movie or something like Madison loves to watch a good movie and I like I appreciate that like that's something she enjoys doing and it's hard for me to do that but then I'm like okay well while I'm watching this movie I can edit this video or I can research a podcast or I can get on the floor and start stretching you know while I'm watching the movie like I can 
kill two birds with one stone, if you will. And I do that a lot. Like I, I don't know if you call it multitasking, but I'm just like, okay, while I'm heating up the coffee, I'm going to also do this, you know? And I try to like use my time so wisely. Like sometimes it's bad how I would say like, it's almost an OCD. Like, okay, I got to like, while the microwave's going for 30 seconds, I'm going to go fill up the dog's water bowl. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it's like, you got to like run back to the microwave before the microwave stops. I don't know why, but that's like a challenge or something in my head. I'm like, I (laughs) got to stop it at like one second. You don't want it to beep three times. Yeah. But that's like, I'm like that. Like, yeah, but I'm like that like all the time. And I'm like, man, I just need to like chill sometimes. (laughs) I'm just not good at chilling. How do you feel about, uh, I think a lot of something that I think I like people to know and hear is insecurities. What do you think, uh, the biggest thing that holds people back not necessarily the desire let's say they have a desire to go get a new yeah. job have a desire but what do you think holds people back from actually going and getting their their goals that they actually want in their heart yeah. but they there's something stopping them and it's insecurities how do you feel about that i feel like the insecurities technically like it's either like a lack of knowledge, like I'm insecure because I don't know how to handle this, but also I think it's a big, it's fear, you know, like fear is probably the biggest obstacle people face because they're scared of what's on the other side. They're scared to get started. They're scared of what people are going to think. And a lot of it is people, fear of people, which sucks because it's like, this is your life. You have, you live it one time and this is like your one shot. You don't want to be 80, 90 years old and be like, man, I wish I did this, 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 and this. It's like, just do it. Go live your life. Who cares what people think? Who cares what people say? Go tackle those fears. Go handle it. And that's a big thing, too, because, and that's where a big one is, and I got this on my piece of paper that I've been taking notes on, is fear, and that's something that people fear failing, right? Yeah. But, I mean, think about it. What is, what is failing, you know? Uh, my yeah. biggest failure is coming to prison. But look at it. So yep. How are you looking at it? A yeah. lot of people are scared to go read something. Or like public speaking, I know it's a big one for people going in front of a meeting at work and they got to talk in front of 10 people. Terrifying, yeah. right? Yeah. You don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. What is going on in someone's head that's making them feel uncomfortable. I guess it would be anxiety, yeah. um, lack of self-confidence, but I think it's all an imagination, and I think that the imagination is using it in a wrong way. I think that you, uh, I'm trying to think of how I want to say this, because fear or anxiety, especially anxiety, is something that I've suffered from. I think that maybe you face this as well, and it came and it hit me and I didn't know why. I didn't know why I had anxiety. And then when I came to prison and started doing certain things and going and not being so comfortable and it was that anxiety, it's that doubt, it's that nervousness. But I've been able to use that energy in a positive way. So I guess to give you an example, let's say I have anxiety, I have to do for this class I'm doing this business class, we have to do a pitch, a business pitch. I literally have to sit in front of entrepreneurs, real entrepreneurs that are volunteering to come inside the prison and hear us out. 
and I got to pitch him a business. You know how many people don't take this class with all this wonderful information because of this last graduation thing where they got to pitch a business plan? Yeah. The whole class is teaching you how to do it. It's anxiety. It's fear of failing. But if you have anxiety about something, if, so if I'm nervous about going and pitching this business plan, I have to dissect that. And when I find out, it really comes down to I'm not prepared. So it's yeah. a warning sign. It's in our nature. It's our system telling us that we need to uh, evaluate something. So anxiety... I've used and made it my strength. It was a weakness for so long, and now I overstudy, it seems like, just so that anxiety goes down. And then, yeah. so if I, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, makes, that makes absolute sense. And that's what it comes down to. Even like confidence. Because if you do self confidence, what is confidence? The definition is the belief the faith that you can complete a task so if i have confidence that i can do a business pitch and pitch it to myself in the mirror that means you have confidence that you can pitch the business now the people you're worried about people again like you said you're fearing people people fear people which sucks so you just got to see yourself doing it and mastering it and actually win see yourself win and you'll go in. Yeah, and I think also part of that is what that famous saying, you know, fake it till you make it. Like, you might not actually right. be completely confident, but you're going to go out there and you're going to fake it like you are confident, and then you'll kindly, you know, slowly start being like, wow, actually, I'm crushing this. Like, I am confident now. I, did, I had no idea that I could right. do this. You, like, prove yourself wrong, you know? <laughs> yeah, people have weird fears, man. Like, I had a weird fear about graduating like graduating like can you guys just know me my diploma do I really have to go on stage and shake your hand in front of all these people do I really yeah. have to do that I, I didn't want to do that either yeah that's funny uh-huh. yeah I didn't want to do that either in high school I didn't even do it in college I was just like I don't want to I don't want to do that yeah, yeah now right. it's like I see myself grabbing that diploma and Raising it above my head, and yeah. jump up and down. You know, I want to give a, a speech, you know, but that's where you don't want regret, so just go for it. Like you said, you don't want to be 80 years wishing you would have reached for something. Yeah. You know, if you have a calling, grab it, man. Set that goal and see yourself doing it. Feel it. Embrace it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know what? That's actually, I don't know where I heard this, but. They basically said, like, when you set a goal, if you don't actually truly believe you can do it, you're not going to achieve that goal. Like, even if you're like, I'm going to lose five pounds in three months or something. If you don't actually believe you're going to do it, you're not going to do it. You might lose a pound or two and then you're like, man, I just I just don't think I can do it. I'm just going to keep going because I set this goal. And then, you know, two and a half months, you just quit. You're like, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. But if you truly tell yourself, like, I'm going to do this. I can do this. I can honestly do this. Like, I can totally do this. I got this. And you continue to do it. Then you're like, holy shit, I did it. Look at that. And I thought that was going to be hard. But it's not. It's just committing committing to yourself that you're actually going to do that. Committing to that goal. 
seeing the girl through. Yeah. yeah, see, and another thing, too, that I've learned is that I don't know everything, right? And that's where confidence yeah. comes from. So I just took a forklift test, and I had to get on this forklift and drive this thing, okay? Mind you, I haven't left the ground in years, right? <laughs> so I haven't been pulled or pushed any way without my two feet, right? I've walked everywhere I've been through. And Trina, I hopped on this forklift, this thing, it was so freaking fast, like, I didn't know, like, who would have thought you would have forgot how to, like, drive, like, I knew how to drive, like, I handled it, but I had this anxiety coming up, right, and a fear, and mm -hmm. a lack of self-confidence, I was like, man, I don't know if I can do this, and then I had to, like, remember kind of for a second who I was, like, time out, this is a freaking forklift, dude, I ride motorcycles, right, so, yeah. Figure it out. So, if anything, just have confidence that you're gonna figure it out. Mm -hmm. You don't have to know everything. And actually, in fact, when you realize you don't know everything, you can learn a lot of things. I think yeah. that's something that held me back is that I thought I knew everything I needed to know. Yeah. And then, I, yeah, once I realized that I didn't know what I needed to know, now I can go search for it. So yeah. I hopped on a forklift and just had a confidence that, I mean, I might look stupid for a couple seconds, but that's temporary. The same game. Yeah, temporary. This thing. Sure. Yeah. That's my test, so. Forklift certified. Nice. Congrats, man. Yeah, I appreciate it. I haven't got my certificate yet, so. <sighs> that's weird. That's weird. That's really cool. Yeah, you said it, you said it perfectly. You said it's temporary, and like, it sounds silly, but it's like so true. Like so much stuff is just temporary. Like you got to struggle for a moment and then you succeed. Right. There's nothing that I can look back at and ever, ever, anything great ever, never felt good at first. Nothing. There right. was, I wanted to get a driving license and I had to go sit in this car with this chick that had this really weird look on her face that she was just waiting to fail me when I was or 16, whatever, get my license. That wasn't comfortable. But once I got through that stage, then it felt good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, same with the jobs, man. When you were your first day of going to work, that wasn't comfortable. You might have been excited, but you probably weren't comfortable. You might have felt stupid or yeah. something, and then eventually you get comfortable and you're happy that you did it. Same with interviews, anything, any challenge that you ever have, you're not gonna be comfortable. Even every yeah. workout, you might work out, yeah. you're gonna have to run a mile. Like, dang, dude, I wanna run this mile and I wanna lose this weight. But I don't like running, it's not comfortable, it hurts, it burns. Like, I'd rather just sit here and just eat my ice cream, right? But it's yeah. you being comfortable, it's not cool. So if you just go through that discomfort, you first off, you're giving yourself something to be proud of yourself, something to be proud about. Yep. And you're gonna create momentum. If you're challenging yourself, challenging your discipline, challenging your ability to set and um, execute goals, then you're gonna create a, a momentum for yourself, and you're gonna become the best you that you never knew you could be. And yep. that's something that I've truly field tested here by myself. I see people do it. It's a fact. It's a so he's, he's a field you tested. Go through. It's a fight. It's a fight. Yep. Yeah. 
You said that good. You said I field tested it. <laughs> that was yeah, good. Yeah, but you say that, but there's a lot of people that have a lot of time on their hands, you know, especially now with COVID, like so many people are still at home a lot and they have the time, but they're just, they want to, they want things, but they just don't make the time. good combo i can't wait for for just like people from your past to hear this and just be like damn that's trey something that I learned moving uh, out of Nebraska and not that I like not that there's like bad people in Nebraska or anything there's great people in Nebraska Nebraska is amazing but when I got to Austin and I'm like starting over I'm this person nobody knows and you just meet people that are just like everyone moves to Austin because they hear Austin's a great place to be so they're like I want to be 
at this place because it sounds amazing, you know? And you get, you get around people and they're just, everyone's positive. Everyone's just having a good time. You have like mm. deep conversations with complete strangers that you're never going to see again. And like when you're mm. spending time with people, you're spending time with people. Like you're not on your phone. You're not gossiping. You're just there. You're just present. And like witnessing that, like we came for one weekend um, just to visit and witnessing that we were like, whoa, like this exists in the world. Like we, ha- we didn't even know that, you know? And it's not, I'm not saying like anything against Nebraska or where we're, we're coming from, but you just kind of get complacent. You know, you get, you go around the same people and you, you kind of find yourselves like everyone's on their phone, like checking Facebook at the same time or something. It's like, oh crap, we're like actually not even talking at this moment. But in, in Austin, it's like, it's not like that. Like you are talking, you are having a conversation. It could be about absolutely something random, the moon, you know? And you're just like, wow, I had no idea I had so many questions about the moon now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. crazy. It's yeah, cool, I can though. relate to that, too, because yeah. you come yeah. to prison, don't, people talk about either who they used to be, what they used to have, or the tough stuff that they did. Mm-hmm. At first, it's cool, like, okay, that's what we're talking about, that's the vibe. And then yeah. eventually you realize... Okay, well, what are we doing? We're doing nothing. So mm-hmm. basically the same thing. We're not even talking. We're just sitting on Facebook right now. All we're doing is telling stories. And yeah. then we talk about how we don't want to be that person no more, but we're still talking about it. And yeah. we're still talking about that old person. And that's what I finally just decided, you know what? No, I'm changing. I'm letting that go. And I had to let yeah. that feeling things go. So when you move to Texas, you're around a different vibe of people and like I pay attention to energy and vibes like mm-hmm. so if you're not vibing if you're not a vibe that I want to introduce to myself then I'm just gonna stay over here but if yeah. you're someone that's productive and doing things if I see you happy smiling talking about things that are bigger than you know the prison yard then I'm with that yeah um like you said, like, and we're talking about the moon. <laughs> we talk about things. Yeah. Like, how did we get here? Yeah. It's like we just spiral. I mean, I literally had a conversation about the moon the other day, and I'm like, wow, this is crazy. <laughs> this is crazy that, like, you know, people can go up in this space. Like, how wild is that? To even, this is weird. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, we talk about, a lot of times, I don't, like, get super biblical on anybody, but it's something that I've been really paying attention to is the things that I've noticed with myself, like, whether you want to call it manifestation or law of attraction or whatever, planting them seeds, all them things, like I, like I said, I field tested, I almost field tested them, and then the word of the Bible backed up what I was picking up on it's some patterns that i was picking up on things so if you plant a seed on good soil you're gonna have your harvest right that's what the bible says but it's the same thing with life it's literally the cheat code of life is the bible is how i look at it but so the seeds are them goals that's the desires those are them you gotta do you gotta set them deep and actually achieve them if that makes sense i'm just mm-hmm. went all the way around but the bible is going to back up a lot of those things that we talk about 
talked yeah. about today. And yeah. that's what kind of confirms a lot of things for me. Yeah. And aside from the Bible, um, there was like a time when you sent me like four or so motivational speeches to listen to. And man, I don't know what it is about those, but they just like get you fired up. You know what I mean? Like you could be, I was in like a complete rut and I didn't want to really go to the gym or work on my passions or my goals or anything, you know? And I was just kind of like, eh, what if it doesn't work? What if, you know? just just getting down and then you you like sent me those videos and I was like man this stuff is just amazing like just hear people's stories and just hear people like kind of bring you back to your mind like who are you like what are you trying to do why are you just sitting there pouting you know well, uh, don't talk about it be about it <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. And that's the thing man. people don't talk about personal things no more and it's People protect themselves yeah. on levels, and really, when when you do that, you're not understanding that you're not comfortable with yourself. If you're protecting yourself from what another individual may think of you, I mean, people are always going to think things of you, so who cares? Right. you got to have a quality of life that you're satisfied with, and, you know... If you're not satisfied, that's the biggest thing. If you're not satisfied with your life, you have to reflect. If you're satisfied and you're enjoying life and you wake up every day excited to wake up, then good for you. You're doing the right. But if you're not, if there's something that you think you need to work on and you're talking about, if you have anything to complain about, you have something to work on. And the motivational speeches, those are people that are doing good or have overcame something and they get you fired up man they do sometimes you need that fire to keep you motivated yeah absolutely it's crazy what it does it's just like I listened to it while I was working out like I listened to it on the way to the gym and then I got to the gym and I was like I don't want to turn this off because like I just like listening to them but normally I would work out you know I play music or something I play like NF radio and he kind of gets me fired up but Listen to that speech, man. I was just like, man, these are just, it's just cool to see. They're here, I guess. Yeah, and it's, that's the thing, too, is that it really, if you really look at it, it's, we all either suffer from the same things or think the same way. So, and yeah. that's another thing, too, that helped me is realize that the next person's going through the same thing I'm going through. I'm either taking it worse than they are or they're taking it worse than me. So if they're taking it worse than me, I need to help them. And if I'm taking it worse than them, I need to help myself. But that's the thing, man. We all got insecurities, different levels. We all got anxiety, lack of self-confidence. We all fear failing. You're not alone yeah. on none of that. So when you hear another individual pump you up and talking about why we shut ourselves down, but, you know, overcoming that, that's something that people need to hear. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah, I agree. And that's where my empathy comes from. is because I, I was suffering from that for so long, I didn't even know it, you know? Mm-hmm. And I come to prison where all this stuff, you can't hide from yourself no more. You don't have yeah. social media. You don't have cool clothes. I can't go shopping and have the newest pair of shoes on to make myself feel good. You can't do that. 
know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There's nothing you can do. I'm wearing the same clothes the next person got. You know, I'm eating the same food. I'm not better than nobody. I'm stuck. So you can't run from them fears or whatever. And that's something that I think is... And there's nothing more attractive about somebody than somebody knowing who they are. To me, that is, like, so impressive when someone is able to be vulnerable and be so authentic because they have accepted themselves, you yeah. know? Yeah, I agree. There's nothing bigger than a shine or a glow on somebody like that, so. Yes, yeah, you nailed that. That's. It's just, it just makes you want to be around that, you know? It's just like an addictive. Yeah. I just, I love to be around people that, like you said, are just true to themselves and they're just, they're just out there being real and yeah. I mean, you said it perfect. I love those people. I, I feel like I could be more vulnerable, but I'm, I'm definitely open. Like I'm like an open book. Like if someone asks me a question, I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to take offense to it because they're asking me the question. So clearly they don't know the answer. Otherwise they wouldn't have asked, you know? Yeah. So it's like, I'm not going to be offended by your question. I'm just going to, I'm just going to take it in and, and I'll answer it to the best of my ability. Like, I have nothing That's to hide. Yeah, I'm happy that I've been able to experience the prison um, experience, you know. Okay, I'm ready to go home. I've heard my lesson, you know. But I am so blessed to have found that core, my core values, and I can see how somebody how they're thinking about themselves, but you can see that on people, man. Man, people yeah. wear their masks. Like, that's the thing with prison is I can't tell you when the last time that I seen somebody who was, you know. Um, you see new people, but you don't get to pick their brain. I can't wait to just go out and just everywhere I go, it's a new person. I'm like, did you see that person? That was a different person. Can you imagine that? You know, you got to be new things. But here, it's the same people all day. So when you first come here, you got that mask on, right? And yeah. the same thing with when you meet a new female or a new guy at Super Cute, right? You have that mask on. Boom. That mask is like, okay, I'm perfect. This is my outside image. That's yeah. not who you are, though. So yeah. in a week or two of being around these individuals, that mask just falls down. So yeah. now I'm around people that can't hide. These people can't hide from me. I can't yeah. hide my personal self from them. They know who I am. They can take one look at me and know how I'm feeling, but it's just because now I don't have masks. The only people we have masks to are officers, and even then, our mask falls off eventually because we get to know them. Anyway, yeah. same, vice versa. So when you yeah. go anywhere in the real world, people are wearing masks, and basically the only question you can ask yourself is, what is your mask? And don't get confused with protecting yourself and having that mask is necessary, but you need to know when you're playing a whole different character. Yeah. You gotta be you. Yeah, you gotta be you. So, right. Yeah, that's good. I want to um, segue, because we're at like 90 minutes, but... um. So you have all these goals and ambitions and stuff. So what is, what's the look when you get out? What do, what are you about to do? What are you doing? Where are you going? 
sweaty. Knees weak, mom's spaghetti. <laughs> I said that all wrong. I said that all wrong. So much, man. Um, literally all I think about is what I'm going to do. First yeah. off, I'm going to go get me a steak. Okay? I don't care where we're going to get it. I just want a nice steak. Nice. But before, like, after all that, you know, I just yeah. want to be able to embrace, like, man, I bet the air is fresher. Like, it's just... There's a lot of simple things that I want to be able to embrace, and I think that the first step is just knocking that edge off or whatever, you know, just understand that and appreciate the small things that a typical person won't appreciate, like a glass of ice water. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a vacation to life. Yeah. But I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to own businesses. I want to help people. I want to help people that, uh, if I can, you know, and that's up to however you view it. That's for anybody else that has an opinion on this. But um, I really want to open businesses and give people chances, okay? So, first of all, I was raised by a single mom. So, I have a certain, like, I guess, I don't know what I want to say. But I have a nice spot for, like, a, a single parent. So, I want to help people. And I want to help people that are... I guess underqualified on paper because I'm underqualified on paper. Okay, if you look yeah. at my criminal record and you look at all this crap, yeah, you're going to find a bunch of dirt. Go ahead. That's for you if you want that. Um, but there's people out there that are good people and have great qualities but don't have that college degree. Don't even yeah. have a high school diploma. But would do great in these positions if they only had an opportunity. So those are the people I want to help. I want to help some people that have fight but they don't know where it's at or whatever so i think and i'm an artist so i want to do something with art i like expressing um stories and situations through art so tattoo artists would be something i'm into um airbrushing portraits on cars or something i got a lot of visions i want to help kids maybe uh i want to guide them i want to be an influencer a positive one i want to help kids mm-hmm not um i guess look up to the things that i looked up to growing up i thought that you know the wrong things were cool and i don't want to see kids get misled by their own um whatever whoever's guiding them but yeah yeah i don't know i got a lot i got a lot of visions and dreams so i go on all day but what i get to yeah. I mean, mandatory, I need on a business or two. Mandatory on business. Yeah. You getting out of Nebraska? Yeah. Getting out of Nebraska, probably going on my sister in Texas. Hey. Austin, we're going to go build some shit. Some desk or something, I don't know, whatever. We're going to move, that's for sure. We're just going to move around and do whatever yeah. we want. Yeah. Um, but I think the biggest thing, the biggest life that I want, I just want my life, you know? And I want to not necessarily pay myself, but I want to just, I want to do me. I don't want to have to go work over there for 75% of my life so I can come back and afford my life. I want to be able to enjoy my life and I'm going to work for my life if that makes any sense. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So whatever my hobbies are, I want that to be where I'm, I'm getting paid. I want that to be my career. 
I want to help people. I don't want to have to go over there and work so I can come over here and help people. No, I want to help people, and that's how we're going to generate our career. And that's what I want to do. So that's awesome. You going to get a motorcycle? Yeah, what do you uh, what do you think for a vehicle? You think you're gonna go back to a truck? Um, <laughs> well, there's stages that I have of when I get out on um, my plan. So, like we said earlier, I can't go out there and gain get a brand new truck and a brand new bike and all. I can't do mm-hmm. that. So, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go out and get me an SUV, uh, eco efficient. You know, flex fuel, hybrid or something, something that's going to get me from A to B with like zero money. Um, and that's going to be my first step is just getting the minimal things. I don't need yeah. nothing super fancy right away. Yeah. But when I get uh, established, absolutely, I want me a truck, a nice truck, I want a nice vehicle, a uh, nice motorcycle, nice house. I want to build a lot of my house. Yeah. Me too. I would love to like flip some houses. What did you just say? I said I would love to flip some houses. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's yeah. serious. That's, we should get into that. I didn't, I didn't you have one minute remaining. Raro. <laughs> it's kind of perfect timing, honestly. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Well, that was a great conversation, Trey. We're definitely going to have to do this again because I think I learned a lot about you. It's just, it's just fun. I think we should do it again. We will. Well, thanks, man. Thank you. Any last words you want to say before you get cut off? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, man. We'll talk soon. What's up? All right, I'm going to hang up now. All right, we'll talk soon. Bye. Bye.